We all want our children to thrive and live full lives, and if you're listening to this, you care about raising luminaries. Little, and for some listening, they're big luminaries, they're grown-up luminaries, doing good in the world. So what's one of the necessary components of successful leadership? What is one of the necessary components of getting ahead in life and finding wholesome success where you are not just making the money or have the notoriety, but there's fulfillment and joy and impact, something that is needed to carry out any mission, to stand up to any test, to go against the grain and to thrive. It's courage. Today, we're going to be talking about how to help our kids develop that courage muscle. And then guess what? Newsflash, this isn't new. It starts with us. Let's raise them up right. You're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. And this episode is dedicated to raising luminaries. If you listen to this show, you already know that it's not about you anymore. As a leader, a real luminary, you're here to deeply impact others. I feel it too. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, a business leadership strategist and mom who's passionate about raising up that next generation of leaders. Looking at my three kiddos, I realized that I wanted to do entrepreneurship differently for them. Society is failing the next generation, and once a week on this show, we're doing something to change that. Whether you're a parent with your own little luminary or you want to heed the call of impacting those trailing you, this short but sweet episode will give you guidance and inspiration you can bring around your dinner table or into your community. You want to create your legacy? Here's where you start. Let's raise them up right. There is nothing more fulfilling as a parent. Now, my kids are young, so this is the first time that I've really experienced this. I've heard other parents talk about it, but I've never personally witnessed it myself. Nothing more joy-provoking than seeing your kid fall in love with something, like just take to something. Now, there are plenty of things that my kids love to do, but there was something different about the day we brought our son to his very first baseball game. He's done soccer. He does taekwondo. And those things were good. And sometimes it'd be like pulling teeth to get him to go. But once he got there, he got into it and he made friends and he did really well. But baseball, man, he had a 6 p.m. game and this kid is in my kitchen at 8 a.m. Like, all right, mom, I'm ready to go fully geared up for the game. So we get to the baseball field and I could just see him come alive. And it was just such a gift to us as parents. And He's in the dugout, and there are like a million kids on this team. There's no restriction of the amount of children on the team, and they all just are all in the dugout at the same time waiting for their at-bat, or they're literally all in the field at the same time. I'm talking like 15 to 20 kids. It's adorable. So Jack is sitting there, and the age range, which I find a little peculiar for this particular league, is ages four to seven. So that's a pretty big age gap. Like my son is six and my daughter is four. And even just that is a pretty significant difference in size and development physically and mentally and all of that. But there's a big gap. So there are some four-year-olds on this team. And then there are some seven-year-olds on this team. And it looks like the seven-year-olds could like eat the four-year-olds for breakfast. There's such a big differential in size. And at one point in the dugout when there are like the 15 kids in there, I heard some ruckus and I look over and one of the older kids was picking on one of the clearly youngest kids. This kid was a peanut, adorable kid, but he was actually pushing him. And then one of the other kids jumped in 
and thought it was funny. And they were kind of pushing this little four. It's like from a movie, pushing this little four year old back and forth between these two bigger kids. And some of the other kids are laughing. Some of the other kids are just kind of standing back, not saying anything. And then I hear this little voice turn like sound like almost like a man voice. And he it says, hey, knock it off. And I look and it's our Jack. Now, we've had so many discussions around having the courage to stand up for what's right, even if it's not what's popular and even if it's not what the majority is doing. So this is like a weekly, at least, conversation around the dinner table and at bedtime and the stories we read and the stories we tell. But it was kind of neat to see it in action because Jack is a pretty shy kid and he was very nervous about making friends on the team. This is like always his biggest fear. What if they don't like me? Or, you know, what if they don't want to play with me? You know, all the the big fears of every six-year-old. So it was extra courageous, in my opinion, although I am biased, to see him speak up and not try and blend in because blending in is what gives you a little bit more of a guarantee of fitting in. But he leaned back on all those conversations we had and he had the cojones to speak up. And by the time he spoke up, right around the same time, a couple of parents saw it and were coming over to to help monitor the situation. And Jack didn't really think anything of it. He had his next at bat and he didn't bring it up. But later that night, we got to have a conversation about it. And I said, hey, you know, when that happened in the dugout, what were you thinking? You know, did you have to think about whether you were going to do that? He's like, I didn't really think about it because I knew that little boy didn't deserve to be treated like that and nobody else was going to say anything. So I had to stand up for him. And I think that ability to have it come naturally in certain situations, courage is going to come from those conversations we're having with our kids. And now courage isn't just related to moments like that where someone's getting picked on or there's a bully and do you have the courage to stand up for what's right? Courage is what we need to bridge the gap from where we are to where we want to be in all things. Whether it's an amazing marriage or, you know, raising these uh, incredible kids or getting that opportunity or taking that stage or putting yourself out there or launching that offer, whatever it might be, courage is what bridges the gap. And it's super uncomfortable. It's never going to be something that, you know, maybe we become more accustomed to it because we practice it and we build that muscle, but it's not like it happens automatically all the time. And just like it's the gap that needs to be filled nearly more than anything else for us adults, our kids need to develop their courage muscle too. So how do we nurture it in them? Something that physiologically our own bodies can fight against. Moments that require courage can be interpreted by our bodies and our brains as a threat to us. We go into fight or flight, a moment of feeling the need to protect ourselves, even if it's just protecting our feelings or our egos, can feel the same as escaping a bear attack. That moment for my son, the thought of speaking up, am I going to get picked on? What if they push me? Those kids are bigger than me. Or what if the kids don't like me? Those things in our brain, we can't differentiate between whether, you know, a shark is about to eat us or we are just facing a moment where our feelings could be hurt or our ego could be bruised. So when it comes to pursuing purpose, we know that we're going to have to teach our children to go into the metaphorical fires of life in order to get to the other side, in order to get to where they want to go. Courage is a requirement to do what has not yet been done. 
to break the mold, to stand out, to make a difference, to to serve others, to take that leap of faith. Like with nearly everything we want our children to embrace, we need to first ask, have we embraced it ourselves? Are we modeling it for them? Are we telling them they can do anything while we're not doing anything? Conversations we're having with our kids around the dinner table and helping them see the power of having courage, how it comes in many forms, and and celebrating the ways they've embodied it, giving them you know, props for those little moments where they showed courage. It could be something big, like the story I shared. It could be something little where they had a school assignment or work that they were doing, and they had the courage to try it on their own, even if it meant being wrong, because nobody likes to be wrong, you know, giving it their best shot. Growing up, my aunt, who was like a second mother to me, she still is, had a John Wayne poster hanging in the bathroom, and I spent many, if not most of my childhood days at her house. So you couldn't go take care of business without being reminded that courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyways. And I think that when we set that as the standard within our families, they learn that fear or discomfort isn't a stop sign. It's not necessarily an indicator that we're on the wrong path. In fact, it might mean we're onto something. I'm not saying that we want to teach our kids that every time they're scared that they go forward because maybe that fear, we have to teach them how to discern between, you know, fears that are legitimate, like a threat that could put them in physical harm and they're actually toning something down or protecting themselves, or a threat that's more psychological that they just don't want to experience the pain emotionally that could come from having that breakthrough. And brave also and doesn't mean doing something that they're 100% ready for. Being brave is doing it because it's right, even when it's scary, or doing it because it's the moment that they should step into that, even though they don't feel ready. And our oldest is very much like me. I spent many years not wanting to try something unless I was going to be great at it. And we all know that's not how life works. So as much as I like to win... It doesn't hold a candle to how much I hate to lose. So that meant I was risk averse. I didn't want to try new things unless I could practice them in private long enough to ensure that I'd be good at them when someone saw me try it. So we try to encourage our kids to get into the discomforts regularly, the safe discomforts, to try new things and to let go of that pressure to be perfect. It fine tunes those muscles that support the larger courage muscle. We talk so much about leadership, raising luminaries. We're not just talking about something small here. We're not just talking about raising good kids, like nice kids. We're talking about bringing these children up to tap into their God-given potential. Let me tell you right now, God has not given a single person purpose or potential that is small. Purpose or potential that is going to be, oh, yeah, that's no problem. That's easy. I don't have to take any risks to get there. Every single person, kid, adult, whatever, that wants to go into that next level, that wants to tap into being how we define a luminary, which is in line with that God-given purpose, it has to have courage to get their period end of story. There is no shortcut. There's no way around it. There's no way to avoid that. So if that's the truth, then what are we doing to ensure that they understand that the things that they whether they want them most or they're called to them most or it's in service of others most or it's impacting the world in the biggest way is going to require them to be uncomfortable. It's going to require a level of bravery that they're not necessarily going to like in the moment, but they're going to understand that it was the right thing in looking back at it. 
This will be a common thread that we talk about ongoing. Now, this is a short episode, so we can only handle so much of this courage topic, but there are so many other pieces to developing courage in ourselves first and then in our children that allows us to have the opportunity to take that leap of faith to get into the the level of leadership and life that we seek to live. So as you come up with different ways that you are nurturing that courage muscle, that you are helping them see that bravery is a part of purpose, please share them with us. Head on over to today's post and share what it is that you are doing to help nurture that in your home, even if it's what are you doing to ensure that you're doing it starting with you starting with you. That's going to be the key piece of everything we talk about. There's never going to be an episode where we're like, hey, you can raise this kid in a vacuum. You can do whatever you want. And they can be a luminary over here as you model something totally different. If only it were that easy. I am so grateful to have you here. Thank you for tuning in. Please share this episode if it spoke to your soul. And let's get out there and raise them upright. I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. We pick a luminary each week from our social posts. So if you want to be entered into our Luminary of the Week drawing, then comment, save, and share the Instagram post from this episode. We want to lead and spoil you. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.